You're listening to Tazi Encounters on Faith FM and we're coming to you live from Hobart, Tasmania, right across Australia. And each weekday at 9am, you can hear what the Bible says about past, current and future events, learn how to study the Bible more effectively, get to know who God is, why we are here and where we are going, and experience personal encounters with Jesus. I'm your host, Tabitha Zachariah, and today we have David Leo joining us from Devonport. How are you, David? Welcome. Um, well, thank you. Happy Monday to you and everyone that's listening. Happy Monday. How was your weekend? <laughs> um, busy. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's, it's always um, busy. Yeah, yeah, but it's it's a blessing. You know, I'm really enjoying. Um, I think I shared with everyone that a few weeks ago we had a, a week of worship at school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, we're now doing Bible studies with kids that have requested to do Bible studies, and it's just a lot of fun. So, mm. yeah. So so Thursday and Fridays I do that, and yeah, I'm having a really good time. Praise the Lord. Amen. <clears throat> it's always yeah. good when you have young people interested in um, oh, studying yeah. the Bible. Now, when you hear people say things like, you know, I've um, before I've come, you know before the school, I don't know, I've never heard of God, I've never heard of Jesus, so you know, I really want to, you know, like one saying, I really want to find out who Jesus is, you know. And I'm thinking, man, yeah, just to hear it, just to hear it that plain and simple just excites me, you know. Like, yes, I love to do that. I love to share with you who, who my loving Jesus is, you know. So it's a joy. Hmm. Yeah. Indeed. Yeah. Um. And especially if you know. Uh, if those children like do not come from Christian families, so like um you know if you're coming from a Christian family, then your parents like for instance myself, um my parents are Seventh Day Adventists, so I grew up um knowing mm. about God and we had Bible study, or like we would had worship before, but every end of each day we had worship before going to bed, and it was just a routine, you know. Yeah, I hear you. Yeah, it's mm. a um. It's. I really think we take it for granted, you know. Uh, we really take it for granted, and I can't. Yeah, what we're going to get into today is along those along those lines. Mm. Yeah, and even yeah. the Bible says, "Teach the children in the ways of the uh, Lord, and when they get older, yeah, they don't right. depart from it." Ooh, and hold on to that, that. Hold on to that verse because mm. we're going to address that. We're going to address that again in the, this morning's uh, uh, talk. So, mm. yeah. So before we get to today's sharing, did you want to just give a brief recap of what you talked about last week? Yes, yes. We looked at the the, the wise and foolish builders. Now, the popular understanding of this parable is found in Matthew, but we looked at the Luke version. The Matthew version, don't build your house on the sandy land, you know, put it, put it on a rock. Uh, but the one that we looked at in Luke's version, it actually talks about building it on the right, the right foundation, on, on um, about getting through the hard surface rock, mm-hmm. getting right down to the, you know, penetrating so and get um, in depth to the, the bedrock or the cornerstone, right? And so what we learned between these uh, the two builders, one just built it on the surface foundation, mm-hmm. the other one dug right through it, went through the hard work to get through the what they call the uh, pan rock. And, um, you know, they got through it, put it to the, the bedrock and, solid foundation and so it's a reminder to each and every one of us that um you know being a disciple of of christ we got to do some 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 digging you know getting deep actually having to break through some rock hard heart issues you know 
issues uh, that, that we have and, and let Jesus, when, he, when Jesus said, look at the log in your own eye before you inspect others, the speck in others' eyes, mm-hmm. we've got to do that. We've got to really do the dig deeping, let ourselves be criticized, self-criticize and be aware mm-hmm. that we do have some issues that need dealing with and the only one that can help us is Jesus Christ. So mm. that was um, that's what we went through last week, mm. and now we start a new series. We actually do a series of we did a series of wise and foolish, and now we're going to get into the parables of a Christian life, mm. uh, which is why I said, hey, "Hey, hold on to what you said because we're <laughs> going to start looking. What does it mean to have a Christian life? Then you know, mm. what are the parables that Jesus tells mm. about living a Christian life? And mm. just to just to get into it, because we're going to talk about a tale of two sons. Uh, that's that's the the, the the parable I want to get into, mm. and um, just to ask you a quick question, <clears throat> because mm-hmm. we're going to talk about this. Is there is there something that you do right now, mm-hmm. or something you've done before that you that really stands out that uh, you didn't want to do, but you knew it had to be done? Are you asking me or the listeners? Yes, I'm asking. Oh, I'll ask the listeners to think about that too. You share with us as well. And I'm pretty sure, you know, like you're going to hear the fathers and mums go, yeah, yeah, taking care of our kids, you know. But yeah. um, try and think of something else. Think of something else where, you know, like you you do it because, you know, just just like when I was a kid, you know, like I, I look at my older brother hmm. and my older brother when he was mowing the lawns or he was helping mum with the mum and dad with the shopping or whatever he did, any chores he did. He made it look like he was enjoying it. Mm-hmm. You know, and then when I was older, I think I was probably 11 or 12, I said to my brother, mm-hmm. I said, you know, how come you make it look like you enjoy it? You know, like you, you're always making sure to tidy the bed and you're always making sure this is done and blah, blah, blah. And he says to me, Dave, he goes, I don't do it because I like to do it. I do it because it has to be done. Mm. And then he kind of slapped me across the head, you know, just kind of, I was like, oh, well, that's a, that's a revelation. Yeah, <laughs> you know? it's a good attitude to have, actually. If you seem to enjoy it, it makes it easier. It doesn't make it look as bad. Yeah. So it's hard. Well, he made it look like it was, but he was pointing things out to me, you know, and it kind of showed what type of, what type of kid I was. Like he, he was basically like another parent. In our older years, but he was saying, you know, I can see when something's messy. I can see when there's rubbish. I can see when the clothes need to be put on the line. And I used to think, man, I don't have that brain. <laughs> I'm sitting there having, you know, he has to tell me what to do, or mum has to tell me what to do. You know, hey, David, where did that uh, thing come from? Oh, you know, I brought that home from school. Well, get rid of it. I don't want it in the house. Oh, okay, you know, it looks okay to me, but you know, no one else likes it. But uh, you know, but can you can you think of something like that? I mean, uh, is your brother the firstborn? He is. Oh, he yeah. is a, That's yeah. typical firstborns. And are you secondborn? I am. I'm the youngest. So, you know, I'm the spoiled little brat. But, uh, yeah, he, he did he did take a lot of the hits and he was the responsible one. He was the one that if something went wrong, he got told off because he should have known better. Hmm. Um, but, yeah, he it, it just, just, that, just that line that one time he said to me, Dave, I don't do it because I enjoy it. Mm-hmm. I do it because it has to be done. That was like a... That was a huge philosophy breakthrough for me. You know, I was like, mm. whoa, that means mum and dad do things because it has to be done. You know, and for me, I was like, maybe there's stuff in my life that need to be done <laughs> that I don't enjoy. You know, perhaps, you know, when I mow the lawns, yeah, I don't enjoy it, but, you know, it has to be done. You know, I was like, man, my brother just showed me something for my life, you know, and I, and my perspective really changed after he gave me that, that, um, that talk, you know, I was just like, wow. That's, that's huge. 
it's no, a really no. good perspective to adopt. I have that recently and it's made my life so easy. <laughs> so like it's smoother when you know like if something needs to be done you just do it. Yeah. And have just have that positive attitude, you know, instead of saying I got um I have to do this to say I got to do this. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah and yeah. You, you asked something that I've done. Um, well, at the moment, maybe getting up in the morning, getting out of bed is hard. Yeah, you need but to understand. <laughs> people need to understand what Tasmanian winters are like. And winter mm. is coming down here. So mm-hmm. it is difficult getting out that warm bed in the, in the wintertime. Yeah. And in those days, like before moving here, um, I looking after my younger siblings. So one of my younger sisters, she was so... Um, she was really close to me and she used to call me mom. <laughs> so she did not want anyone looking after her except me. And I was, yeah, wow. I was like seven years then. <laughs> so wow. So your mom, your, your, your mom is seven years old. <laughs> I yeah. was, yeah. And she, so you, she, she wishes me happy Mother's Day. You wow. know, um, yeah, I looked after her and she wouldn't let anyone else do it. And sometimes I'll get tired because I wouldn't go to bed before she did. Sure. I had to make sure she went to bed and all that. Sh- but you know, because I loved well. her as my sister, you know, this is blood. Yeah. I love her. Absolutely. Absolutely. As much as sometimes I used to get so tired, but then, you know, <laughs> it had to be done. Yeah. She chose you as mom. <laughs> <laughs> now that's, that's, uh, that's fantastic because what we, that's the concept we're looking at right now. Um, you know, it's, it's a it's an interesting parable. This one, when I first read this parable, uh, just like last week's one um, or, or the week before, when we looked at the cunning manager, you know, the shrewd manager, this is the type of parable. I went, wait a minute, Jesus, what are you saying? You know, so it's a a tale of two sons, and in a way, if you understand that 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 that, that uh, expression that says um, the lesser of two evils, you know, that's the kind of thing that we're looking at today you know it's jesus telling this parable and the parable is found in matthew 21 verse 28 to 32 for anyone that's following mm-hmm. so if you have your bibles you could you could turn there for those of you who are listening in your cars or or anything else we're going to read the parable um after our next song but mm-hmm. we think about those just just uh meditate and think about and bring to thought the type of feelings and emotions that come with uh you know, this thing has to, I don't want to do it, but it has to be done. Hmm. Right? I don't want to do it, but it has to be done. And it's your, it's your responsibility. You know, you, you haven't, um, no one's put it on you or whatever. It's just something you realize, hey, this is, this is what I've been asked to do. So I'm going to do it. But uh, look, I look forward to reading it and or hearing it. If you, if you read it for us, um, Tabitha, but I'm looking forward to to hearing it and going through it again. I've, I've gone through this reading a few times already hmm. and uh, yeah, can't get enough of it. Yeah, it's time your interpretation sort of like you get something, you pick something that you hadn't noticed before. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Um, so before we listen to our first song, just to remind our listeners that you, if you missed last week's um, program, you can catch up through the Faith FM app or the Faith FM website. And our show number is 0488-880-891. Um, text us any questions, any comments, any feedback, and please respond to our question. Let us know something that you do or you had you've done previously against your will. You did it because it had to be done, but you didn't really want to do it. Um, let us know on zero four double eight double eight zero eight nine one. Our first song is "Rebel Heart" by Lauren Daigo.
offer up this rebel heart So stubbornness, so restless from the start I don't want to fight you anymore So take this rebel heart and make it yours Father, I no longer want to run You've broken my resistance with your love And drowned it underneath the crimson spill Give it all over to you I give it all over to you Your love is like an arrow straight and true And now this rebel heart belongs to you things against our will 
That was um, Rebold Heart by Lauren Daigo. And you're mm-hmm. listening to Thousand Counties with David Leo. And uh, David, uh, in the previous section, we asked our listeners to share with us of an instance that, you know, a time when you had to do something that you didn't want to do it, but you knew it had to be done. Or if you're still doing something that you don't really enjoy, you don't really like, you don't really want to do, but you know it has to <laughs> be done and you just have to do it. Um, share with us on zero four double eight double eight zero eight nine one. We'd like to hear from you. And we have a free book offer. Um, it's called Making Discipleship Simple. And it's talking about becoming a disciple of Christ. And it's by Michael Nzagi Mboy. I'll give you more information about that later on. So, David, you've introduced, um, today you're talking about this hail of two sons, and this is um, in the new series that you're starting on the parables of the Christian life. Mm-hmm. And you said we're going to read a scripture passage from Matthew 21, verse 28 to 32. Did you want That's us right. to pray before we do that? Yes, please. Let's do that. Yeah. Father in heaven, we're about to hear your word. Lord, help our hearts. Make our hearts submit to your word. And uh, Father, whatever you have prepared for us, Lord, help us to accept it and and do according to your will. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Um, I'm reading from the New International Version, Matthew mm-hmm. 21, verse 28 to 32. What do you think? There was a man who had two sons. He went to the first and said, Son, go and work today in the vineyard. I will not, he answered. But later he changed his mind and went. Then the father went to the other son and said the same thing. He answered, I will, sir. But he did not go. Uh, which of the two did what his father wanted? The first, they answered. Jesus said to them, Truly I tell you, the tax collectors and the prostitutes are entering the kingdom of God ahead of you. For John came to you to show you the way of righteousness, and you you did not believe him. But the tax collectors and the prostitutes did. And even after you saw this, you did not repent and believe him. Oof. Okay. So now now you can hear in the parable the list of two evils, right? Hmm. And when he asked the question, you know, which son did the right thing? The, it fact, seems like the one who said the, no. <laughs> yeah, all of them agreed. That's the one that said no, you know, in, in, uh, in response to the father, and uh, but went ahead and did it anyway. Now, I think because of my cultural background, I had a problem with this parable because I wouldn't even dare say no to my parents, you know, like <laughs> it's, a, it's a no in the heart, but you just do as you're told. <laughs> you know? and, so, mm-hmm. and, and so that's why I thought, man, this is, I wonder if the, the Eastern you know, Middle Eastern cultures are the same. I would have assumed so. Mm. So, you know, I, I think the listeners went, oh, how rude that he said no. Mm. But, <laughs> but he went and did it later on, right? Mm. And then you've got uh, this other one that says, yes, I'll do it. And it sounds beautiful, but he doesn't do it. And I'm annoyed by that too, because, you know, one of the things I, I really hate is when I say I'm going to do something and I don't, or when somebody else says I'm going to do something and they don't. You know, that's, yeah. I find that annoying too. So I'm thinking, man, both these, both these situations I don't like. But then Jesus affirms the first one. <clears throat> so to understand this, um, understand this parable, we have to give it a bit of a background. Jesus has come to the temple. And when, when he's come to the temple before this parable is told, he's come as an authoritative Messiah, you know, and, and People have shouted Hosanna. Yeah, they, they've recognized him as wow, this is the, the great king. And he comes in and he turns over the tables. You know, he comes in, they're, they're doing trade, trading and things like that. And he, he turns over the tables and says, Hey, you're not going to treat my father's house as a, 
as a marketplace. And he begins teaching in the temple. And while he's teaching, the chief the chief priests and the the, uh, the leaders they come to Jesus to challenge his authority. I've told the story when we went through the book of Mark, and mm-hmm. they they challenge Jesus' authority. They say, uh, "Excuse me, sir, by what power or or what by what authority do you uh, do you think you can do this in the temple? You know, you're not one of us. You're not on the payroll. So who do you, you know? Who do you think you can come? Who do you think you are coming in doing what you're doing?" And he says, I'll answer your question if you can answer this question. Where did John the Baptist's authority come from? Heaven or from himself? You can actually read that. You can actually read that just before this um, before this parable. But he, he says, um, did it come from heaven or is it from himself? Is it from human, human thinking, just from human heart? And they were challenged. They're like, oh, if we, if we answer that John the Baptist's authority came from heaven... Uh, we're going to be in trouble because we don't actually believe what John the Baptist preached about because John the Baptist said that Jesus is the, is the Messiah. <laughs> you know? So we've got to avoid that one. Hmm. But he said, but if we say that he's from human origin, there's a lot of people that believe in John the Baptist's ministry, so they're going to hate us if we say that it's from human origin. So they avoid the question altogether and their answer to Jesus is, I, I don't know. <laughs> so Jesus responds and says, well, I'm not going to tell you where my authority comes through comes from either. And they're stuck, you know. And then he goes on to tell this parable. <laughs> so the chief priests are there to hear it. And also the, the people that came for healing, the people that came uh, for forgiveness, the people that came to hear Jesus' teaching, they're all there as well. And so right in front of Jesus Christ, he's got the two sons, Symbol, yeah, that they're right there. The two groups are symbolized by these two sons in the parable. The vineyard is the people of God. So this is a, a parable. This is a parable for um, for the Christian church or God's people or the you know, the people of Israel at that time. This is for them to consider. Hey, uh, are we doing the right thing here? Which you know, which which son are we, right? And Jesus makes it very plain and simple. The ones, the tax collectors, the prostitutes, the ones that are here to hear the message of salvation, they're like the ones that came first. They're, they're like the first son. When they first heard the when they first heard the gospel, perhaps it was from John, perhaps it was from somebody else. But when they first heard John, they said, "This is this teaching is too hard. We don't want to. We don't want to change our lives. I want to lose my income as a tax collector." The, the, who knows what the prostitutes were thinking? Who knows what the, the thieves were thinking? Who knows what, whatever? But. They were all going, yeah, no, nah, I don't want to change. This, this is too hard. I don't want to do that. But afterwards, and second by second thought, as they continue to live their lives, but they've heard the messages from God's people, their heart starts to turn and change. And they end up doing what their mouths said they wouldn't do. Whereas, in comparison to, to that group, the other son, just like the chief priests, the scribes, the Sadducees, the Pharisees, all the leaders of God's people. They've been practicing and teaching and they've been doing religion. And uh, you know, and I, I'll say pure religion. They've been doing it for centuries. They've been, this, is, this has been their thing, you know. And in public, you know, and probably in their own minds as well, they're doing what is right by God. And Jesus is saying to them, hey, listen, you've got the right clothes on. You've got the right words. You look like the part. 
but your heart is far from doing the work that I've asked you to do. And that's where the, that's where the rubber meets the road. You know, that's where, <laughs> that's where as these leaders hear the parable and they're going, whoa, Jesus is comparing us to the second son. Man, I have to go, is that right? Have I, have I, am I confessing with my mouth? And this is a hard thing to do because you know, Tabitha, I'm, I'm a pastor, mm. right? Am I, when I'm teaching Jesus, mm-hmm. am I teaching from a place where I'm sold out to Jesus? Or could I just be a professional pastor, mm. right? Or just has doing their job. <laughs> just, just going along with the motions, right? Mm. Just doing, just doing what I do. And, um, and you know, they, these things, We'll talk about this later on, but these type of questions, I love that Jesus did that because when you think of someone like Nicodemus, Nicodemus did some heart searching. He actually, when Jesus made that appeal appeal like this that he's making to these chief, chief scribes and priests and whatever, he's actually appealing to them, hey, you might want to change that. It's not too late. <laughs> it's not too late for you to, you know, to go back to the, the uh, primitive primitive relationship of just loving God and, and, and understand that God loves you mm. right Nicodemus changed but for these guys you know he's like hey what's worse saying hey look at me I, I know my, my scriptures I know all the customs I know how to how to um, do all the things in the sanctuary I know all, all the ceremonies and rituals I know everything inside out but my heart is hard my heart is not close with the heart of God mm-hmm. and uh I'm not doing what I've been asked to do. And so that appeal's been made, but uh, after the next song, uh, we're going to get into what, what, what does that mean for the church then? What is it? How does it affect us? But mm. um, you, you can see how fascinating this parable is now, can't you? you know, yeah. You, you start fleshing it out. It's like, whoa. Mm. And this is big time, yeah. Indeed. And um, just... So I remind our listeners to let us know if you are currently doing something or if you've done something previously which you did not want to do, but you it has to be done, so you just did it anyway. <laughs> let us know on zero four double eight double eight zero eight nine one, and um, yeah, it would be nice to hear from you. It could be parenting, it could be work related. Yeah, just let us know. We'd like to hear from you. Our next song mm. is "I'll Go Where You Want Me to Go" by Rebecca Mola.
Possible by the support of Adventist World Radio. I'll go where you want me to go by Rebecca Moller. How many times do we say that? How many times do we say, God, if this is what you want me to do, then I'm going to do it. Mm. You're listening to yeah. Taz Encounters with David Leo, and um, David is talking about um, the parable of the two sons, and this is in his new series that he started, which is um, the parables of the Christian life. 
And I'm just encouraging our listeners to share with us if they've um, doing something, they're involved in in something or have been involved in something previously that they didn't want to do, but they did it because it had to be done. Let us know on zero four double eight double eight zero eight nine one. Now, David, in the previous section, we read this parable of the two sons, and you shared the background of the parable. You said um, the Pharisees asked Jesus by whose authority he was preaching, yeah. and um, Jesus responded yeah. by telling this parable. And the Pharisees were wondering, well, was Jesus comparing them? Yes. With the second son who said he was going to work in his father's field, but then he changed his mind. He did not do it. Um, so what what does this parable mean for Christians? So, yeah, good question. So the vineyard, it talks about a vineyard. Obviously, mm-hmm. God is the father in this uh, this parable. And the vineyard is the work of the church. The vineyard are the people that, well, it's, it's used in other parables as well. The vineyard is where God wants us to work in order to, tell more people about his undying love, you know? Um, and what we see here, it's interesting what you said. How many times have we said, Lord, I'll, you know, do what you ask me to do and perhaps don't do it or yeah, perhaps the other way around. But if you look at the verse 28, the very first verse of the parable, I want you to notice something about working in the vineyard. If you could read that Tabitha again and see what you notice when you read it a second time. What do you think? There was a man who had two sons. He went to the first and said, Son, go and work today in the vineyard. Mm. Just that comment from the father. He says to go and work when? In the vineyard. Today, sorry. Today. (laughs) Today, right? The call is to act today. He doesn't, you know, there's a time frame that's given in this parable. No, I I couldn't skip over that. That made me, <laughs> I was like, wow, the, the call is to act on it today, right? And for some reason, that time frame is missing from the second son. Now, I don't want to read too much into it, but the thing that I'm calling into why the Christian life is, uh, why this is a parable of the Christian life is because Jesus has a calling for each and every one of us. Anybody that chooses to follow Jesus Christ I guarantee you, and the Bible affirms this as well, there is a, a calling in your life that you have uh, expertise in, that you understand these people uh, clearer than somebody else may understand them. And this is what God's calling you to do, and it's, He's calling you to do it today. Mm. Take action today. And, you know, it's a tough, it's a tough gig these days. It's been a, you know, it, it's a sad thing. And I'm not talking about just our church. I know that amongst a lot of Christians, even in discussions, uh, we've just we've chosen. A lot of people have chosen to be a disciple of Jesus, and have accepted that you know going to church every Sabbath, uh, you know, returning a tithe, giving offerings, reading your Bible out aloud, and uh, doing these things on a on a weekly basis. Great habit, but that's it is what it is. You know, there's nothing more to it. It's just going through going through the motions, right? And working the vineyard, from your understanding, from Tabitha, what what's what what does Jesus call us to do as disciples of Christ? Um, from the last two verses in Matthew twenty-eight, is this verse nineteen? Exactly, the, exactly <laughs> the one I'm talking about. What does it say, Tabitha? Um, go to all the world and preach 
my message and make yes. people my disciples and baptize them in the name of Correct. Jesus. Yeah, it's, it's it's to teach, preach, baptize. You know, this is this is the calling of the Christian. And right now, I think I don't I don't know as a, as a pastor, it's something that you know often you analyze and go through and wonder what what is it with us today? You know, we and I think we live in a very convenient convenient time. Um, you know, there's a lot of conveniences that we have in technology and and whatnot. Uh, but it's always been a it's always been a challenge. How do we get uh, the others? And this, there's actually a term. I heard, I learned this term growing up. I don't know when I was probably about in my late teens. I heard the term pew warmer. Have you heard that term before, Tabitha? Mm, a no. pew warmer. No, I don't think I have. So in sport, <laughs> in sport, if you get called a bench warmer, that oh, yeah. means that you're in the team, mm-hmm. but you just stay on the bench. You, know, yeah. you never get to play play the game, mm-hmm. right? And when I first heard the term pew warmer, that hit me hard, you know, because in my late teens, I'm like, uh, I, I wasn't a very committed Christian. I was somebody that did all those things. I just uh, went through the motions. I called myself a Christian. and uh, But when I heard the term pew warmer, I went, yeah, that's that 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 defines who I am. I'm, I'm a pew warmer. I just come here to sit on the pews and to... You know, keep mum and dad happy. <laughs> you know, keep the church members happy. Um, but being a pure woman is that that does that doesn't sound the same thing that Jesus asked us to do. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Right. And there's all types of reasons. You know, one of the things I can think of right now is um, there's a there's an uh, an attitude. An attitude at the moment in current Western society, at least, um, you know that you don't that you you don't talk about ha- being correct. You know, being correct is seen as arrogance, right? And I I'll agree with it. I'd say you know if you if you're correct about something and you're right about something, you don't don't go around gloating and bashing it over people's heads. But I believe even that that type of attitude. Do you know what I'm talking about? Hmm. That arrogance. Yeah, I think. Because of that that understanding, some Christians feel like they've been, you know, have been muted or have been are no longer in a position to say things that we used to say before. That the Bible is true, that Jesus Christ is indeed the only way, truth, and the life. You know, because that sounds like you're imposing upon other people, and so perhaps that's one of the reasons. Something else that I think about: um, there are relief agencies now. You know, we've got Adra in our church, mm-hmm. you've got Salvation Army, you've got these uh, World Mission, you've got all these agencies that do great work. And so we could probably think to ourselves, oh, look, they're doing the, they're doing great work. I'll just put some money towards them. You know, <laughs> that's, that's my contribution. <laughs> that's my contribution right now. Mm-hmm. And I've even heard some Christians say, uh, some Christians have said, you know, like, it's... um. It's emotionally manipulating when you're trying to ask people to make a decision for Christ. And I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> this, this is this is another example of feeling like you're imposing. But you know, the, the vineyard work as Christians, we don't see the blessings that we won't experience the uh, the vibrance of the Holy Spirit doing His work unless we take action. Hmm. 
Now, unless we take action, we're never going to see it, right? We never get to experience, you know, when people text through their prayer requests and they text through and share their, their lives with Faith FM, this is a huge blessing for us. Mm. We see this as, oh, wow, we're helping out in the work of the vineyard, you know, and, and, uh, you know, this, this is what we believe God's called us to do. And so we, and so we do it. And so my encouragement to anyone that possibly hasn't chosen to be a disciple, my, my prayer to you is regardless and despite the, Community that you um, that you join, what you do understand about the Bible, getting involved in the vineyard work. Oh, you know this is this is why Jesus told us to go and do it because He's given us all the uh, talents and gifts and equipped us with everything we need to do it. So we just trust in Him and you know working the vineyard is a huge blessing. I can tell you that from experience too. Mm. Indeed. Um, our free book offer is called Making Discipleship Simple, and it's talking about becoming a disciple of Christ, and the author is Michael Njagi Mboe. So in this book, the author explores a subject that is at the heart of the Christian faith, but which is easily forgotten on the sidelines of the church. Um, why is discipleship so important? Simply because every believer is called to become yeah. a disciple of Christ, as this is the means by which he brings his plans for our lives to fruition. And the author initially shares the case for becoming disciples and then goes on to demonstrate what it means and takes for us to become the disciples Christ intends us to be. He brings this subject to life and makes it easier to understand through the application of familiar Bible passages in a simple and practical way, this book will inspire readers to be persevere on the path of discipleship, which is not always very easy. Um, our next song is Arise and Enjoy. From distant lands and across the seas, God called us together as a family In breaking of bread and daily fellowship In doctrine and prayer we became equipped Arise, shine, for your light is come And the glory of the Lord is risen upon thee Now is the time to live for God's kingdom Set the captives free We know the harvest is great But the work is few So in faith we went out Unsure what to do United by the Spirit And a single goal To share the gospel And to save lost souls Shine, for your light is come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon thee. Now is the time to live for God's kingdom, to heal the broken hearts and set the captives free. Though we may not yet see it quite clearly, God has worked in us ever patiently. Struggles and the victories God has used it all To make us ready 
each one of us Although the time has come for us to part We'll keep the memories stored within our hearts Arise, shine, for your light is come And the glory of the Lord is risen upon me Now is the time to live for God's kingdom To heal the broken hearts and set the captives free To heal the broken hearts and set the captives free Arise, shine, for the glory of God is upon you. Arise and do God's work. That was Arise. And you're listening to Tells Encounters with David Leo. Uh, before we went for break, I promised to give you the code to claim today's free book offer, which is um, called Making Discipleship Simple. The code is Encounter 12. Texts encounter the number twelve. Um, text them together. Don't put any space in between. Um, text to zero four double eight double eight zero eight nine one, and we'll be able to send the book to you. We only have three copies to give, so we'll give them to the first three people to text in. So, David, in the previous section, you talked about God calling us to do His work, and that is mm. preaching the good news to others and bringing them to Christ. Um, what else do you have for us today before we finish off? Look, I think it's important um, we address this as well because you know, it's it's a thought and a feeling that I got from studying and hearing this parable. Um, you know, when you look at the first person, you know, as a uh, growing up, growing up as a young person in my uh, in my youth, I did often hear this in, in discussions, whether it was formal or uh, informal. Because I never had the thought myself. I never ever came up with this thought, but I did hear young people say, "You know what?" What I'm going to do is, um, I'm going to, I'm going to leave. I'm going to leave church. I'm going to go out and do the do the stuff that I want to do. Enjoy what the the world has to offer. And um, you know, when I'm when I'm done, when I've sowed my seeds mm-hmm. and I've had a good time, then I'll come back to come back to the Lord. You know, and at the time of a, as a young person, that sounded sensible to me. You know, I thought. Hey, yeah, that's a that's a really good idea. And even some people <laughs> refer to the book of Pro- Proverbs that says, um, "Enjoy your youth." <laughs> well, yeah. while you're young, right? Yeah, mm. yeah, enjoy your youth, and they, so they take that as you know, enjoy it in in the world. Mm. And the the second part of that is, uh, well, actually, we'll deal with that first. I still think now, now I'm I'm, I'm an older person, right? I'm no longer my youth. I at the age of twenty, when I gave my life to Christ, I already felt like I'd lost time. And at twenty years old, I remember thinking, "Man, I wish I'd done this earlier. I wish, as a young, you know, when I was uh, twelve, thirteen, I'd made this commitment and I'd done more for the Lord." That's how I felt at the time. That was my conviction, right? And there's no guarantee. There's no guarantee when you get a taste for what the world has to offer and our selfish, our carnal or fleshly hearts and minds get a taste for what the world has to offer, there's no guarantee that you will come back to the Lord because you might really enjoy that to such a point where eternal things don't matter anymore. And when I say eternal things, I'm not talking about just eternal life in Jesus Christ. I'm talking about eternal things even in our general relationships with other people, right? It's not guaranteed. And so, you know, like uh, for those that think that way, yeah, give it a second thought. Think about what you could give, what you could give in your youth, you know, in the time that that's happening. You know, like because 
the good, the, the great ending to the story that Jesus tells is that the, the son actually changes his mind. That's the, that's the awesome ending to the story. Mm. <laughs> like he goes, Oh, you know what? I think I'm doing the wrong thing. I'm going to go and do what the Lord asks. And all those tax collectors, the prostitutes, the ones that need healing, they turn their lives around because they hear. They hear from Jesus Christ and go, you know what, we, we believe in what John the Baptist says, and I believe this is the Messiah. So they change their lives. But the second part, the second part, what could happen here is, well, should then um, I should refrain from making promises. <laughs> <laughs> I should probably refrain from making commitments because uh then if I publicly if I publicly announce my Christianity, then I'm gonna be held accountable. You know, uh I I give the example of this this happened many times, you know, like friends on Facebook and um Instagram and possibly I reckon I might have been guilty of it sometimes, you know. I'll say something like beginning this uh five week program to lose weight or to gain muscle or whatever you know whatever you say I'm going six weeks uh, on this new meal plan and you start posting up every day then after about two weeks you stop posting because you stopped doing it right and now you're embarrassed because you made the announcement yeah that's right you made the announcement a couple of weeks ago and people are watching hey uh, what happened what happened to this guy right and and uh, and so some Christians might go, you know what? And this is this is true story. This is a true story, Tabitha. You might not know this, but I'm giving you a behind the scenes look at what some of the ministers here. I get this. I get this. Um, I, I've had these comments more than one time, right? Where someone says, uh, "Dave, I'm, I don't want to get baptized because um, I don't want people to see me getting baptized." It's like, whoa! The whole purpose of baptism is to announce to the world that you're making this commitment. You know, and there is this, there's this literal, uh, so I say fear or reluctance. This literal reluctance. Well, I don't want to be held accountable just in case, you know, just in case I, <laughs> you know, I don't come good with it. And uh, to that, I want to say, to that, I want to say, it's good that we have a community to hold us accountable. Hmm. That's what I want to say to that, right? So there's these two things when we read the story, we think, oh, okay. All right. Uh, well, then I'll, um, you know, I'll just live the world now, and then I'll probably change my mind later on. Yeah, that's don't, don't go, don't go down that road. The the, uh, the the calling of the Father was do it today, work the vineyard today. And for the other part, of course, make promises, make commitments, be accountable to a community. A community is not going to stomp on you as soon as you make a mistake, you know. But a community that's going to lift you up and say, "Hey, Jesus Christ loves you, man." You know, like it's. Get, let's get let's get back to the work. Let's get back to the vineyard. You're you're loved. If you need a rest right now, yeah, we're gonna help you rest and then you know, get back into it. Mm-hmm. But in both cases, this calling from Jesus Christ it puts us in a position where we ask ourselves because He appeals to us. This appeal is for everybody to the to the tax collectors, the prostitutes, the people that need healing, all the sinners, and also to the chief priests. And the pure religious people and blah, blah, blah. He says, hey, what's your relationship with me like right now? Mm. And, and Jesus says, come. Come, I want to spend time with you. You're my son. Mm. <laughs> You're my child. I want, I want to do this. And so, you know, when we look at Jesus, the one who died on the cross, he, he rose again and he's promised us, hey, I'm coming back for you again. He's, he listens to you right now mm. and he speaks to you right now. And just appeals to your heart, so hmm. you know. And the, the most important thing, Amen. And the most important thing it says, you're not alone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it's 
You know, I used to say that, oh, I'll get baptized when I'm so old, when I know I'm about to die. That's when, like, I used to say that <laughs> when I was in primary yes. school, yeah, just yeah. to make sure that I don't sin <laughs> yeah. and go to heaven. And right. that's when I thought that um, Jesus expects perfection, you know. But right. then I realized that he does not expect that because he knows we're not perfect. We ceased to be perfect mm. the moment sin entered the human um, the world. He knows that uh, we need him in order to actually achieve Absolutely. what he wants. Us we need him. Yeah. We need him every hour. That's what the song says. Yeah, <laughs> indeed. Yeah. Mm. Thank you for that powerful sharing, David. And I really hope our um, listeners would feel encouraged uh, by this, sh- our pro- uh, this sharing that you've shared mm. with us today. And just, you know, reminded that God is um, patient and he doesn't expect perfection. Just try and as you said make a commitment because the moment mm-hmm. you make a commitment that is the first step and yeah. usually like laying the foundation is the hardest and once you get that right then um the rest of the work you can do it <laughs> amen so what do you have for us next week david next week as we continue this um the the new parable series that we're doing which is the parable of the Christian life, that's what we just covered now mm-hmm. we're going to look at um, the parable of two lamps <laughs> oh, <all right. laughs> yeah, the, the parable of two lamps and that's, uh, we're going back to Luke mm-hmm. and uh, we're going to look at what, what does lamps have to do with the Christian life yeah <laughs> I look forward to that and I hope our listeners do, so join us next week to hear more of what David has to share and tomorrow we have Peter Watts with Jason Cook and Peter will be talking about a second chance. Don't we all love second chances? And it's Mm. good to give yourself second chances. And we join Peter tomorrow to hear more of what he has to share. And just to remind our listeners, the book to our the code to claim our free book offer is Encounter Twelve. Text that to zero four double eight double eight zero eight nine one and we'll be able to send it to you we are going out with this song jesus calls us by denny byron and enjoy the rest of your day wherever you are and may god be with you jesus calls us over the tumult of the sea Come and walk with me Jesus calls us From the worship of the things that we adore From each idol Sing, Christian, love me Give our hearts to obey
From the worship of the things that we adore 